This is episode 13 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today we are going to be talking about how to spiritually prepare for your summer travels. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey Christian Travelers, so glad that you are back. We're continuing our five-part series. We started by talking about how to pick a destination for your upcoming travels, how to budget, how to pack, and this week we're going to be talking about how to spiritually prepare for your travels. But before we do, I want to once again remind you that at christiantravelers.net we have a new resource. It's a workbook that helps you go through your preparations, experiencing your trip, and then coming back home things to think about while you're preparing, but also how to recognize God in all of it and uh, be journaling or bullet pointing some of those things that you see and note so that when you come home from a trip, um, whether it's just, you know, traveling cross country for work or something bigger, during all of that, there's many opportunities to be acknowledging what God is up to. And it can be really easy to just be so in the moment that we miss those things. Um, So just taking some time to process some of that and how to come back and give a 30-second elevator speech about your trip and how God was evident in all of it. Um, It's a great witnessing tool. So I encourage you to check that out on our website, christiantravelers.net. But today we're talking about how to spiritually prepare for a trip. There are a million answers to this, so I'm just going to give you some of my insights. Uh, First of all, you need to take a little bit of time to assess what does your spiritual life look like right now? What does your faith life look like right now? How active are you in God's word? How active are you in church? How active are you in small group Bible study? Looking at those three things will really set the tone for how your trip will go in many ways because Habits are hard to break, but they're also hard to form. And so if you're not very actively involved and engaged in God's word, it's a lot harder to be actively engaged with him while traveling. So before you even go on your trip, months ahead of time, weeks ahead of time, or even a day ahead of time, because God forgives and it's okay to turn back to God and say, I'm sorry, and I I want you to be the center of my life and ask him to be really working on you spiritually to be in his word. He's going to love you and forgive you and he's going to welcome you back with arms wide open because he's been pursuing you every single day and he wants he wants that time with you. He's he wants to to be your best friend and your mentor and your father and your leader and so many other things. Um but when you don't talk to your best friend every day, and I'm just talking like your best friend who lives down the block, there begins to be this tension between the two of you, um, and sometimes it's harder for you to go back and say, hey, I'm sorry, um, and I want to be spending time with you, and I think that happens with us and God, too. When we when we don't talk to him every day, when we don't spend time with him every day, we think he's going to be upset with us, and he isn't going to welcome us back with open arms, So admitting that we were away and now we want that time with him again and we want to start forming those habits and 
spending that relational time with him every day because he has so many blessings to pour into us and so much wisdom to impart to us. Um, but if we're not being spiritually fed, it's harder for us to hear what he's saying. So right now, uh, before you even go on your trip, set aside some time to say, you know what, I'm gonna be doing Bible study again. I know there's a small group Bible study in the area I can go to. I have a church home. I don't have a church home, um, but I'm gonna go to worship this Sunday. Just be thinking about those three things and it will help you start to form those habits for your trip. Now, on your trip, or even before you leave for your trip to prepare, um, one of the things I would say is how are you going to carry those things over? Be thinking about that before you even leave. Are you going to go get coffee every morning and set aside time to do a Bible study with Jesus every day? Is it right before you go to bed? Is it over lunch? When you get to the top of a mountain or a certain point in a hike every day, are you going to set aside time to spend time with him. Now, I know in our ideal world, we're going to be reading our Bible every day and we're going to be doing this and this and this. And the reality is life happens. Um, and that doesn't excuse us completely from that, but does mean that we should be more willing to involve God in different ways when reality kicks in. So if you realize at the end of the day that you had a super busy day and you just didn't make time for God, stop and pray. Be like, God, thanks for today. These things didn't go as I planned, but you know what? I know you're in it. And just talk with him. Talk with him like you would a best friend. Be real with him. Be like, yo, I did not like this, but I know you love me. Um, you know, just be real. He doesn't have to be this formal prayer. Um, it can just be a conversation. Um, maybe when you're doing art or when you're taking pictures, you're just thanking God for, oh, well, look at this majestic art that you have formed um, around us. Or um, thank you for these talents that you've given me. Just taking those things that you're doing during your travels and being like, okay, I know I'm thinking these things all to myself right now. Why don't I just say them to God? And that doesn't have to always be verbal. It can still be thoughts too. Um, prayers don't have to always be something you say out loud. The Bible verse that comes to mind is from Matthew 6. It's introducing the Lord's Prayer in verses 5 through um, 15. But before he even says the Lord's Prayer, before Jesus introduces us to the prayer, he explains how we're supposed to pray. Um, starting in verse 5, I'm not going to read the whole thing again, but I encourage you to sit down and read this section. It says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the streets, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for the father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. And it goes into the Lord's Prayer. So I want to just kind of backtrack and kind of address some of the things being said here. Don't pray like hypocrites. Don't pray in a way that is just to get attention from others. Don't be so bold to stand out in the street corners and be like on your knees and 
chanting or whatever in a way that just draws attention and everyone's like, well, she's praying, he's praying, whatever. Because then it isn't about your conversation with God. You're doing it for attention from others. Not to say that you can't pray in public places. It's great to pray before you eat, um, even if you're in a restaurant, um, because it does draw attention in the sense that people recognize that you Uh, believe in something and it's important enough to give it time but it isn't about being like oh my gosh I'm better than you because I do pray so yes it's okay to pray in public but don't do it in a way that's hypocritical and makes yourself seem mightier than others and it talks about praying in private for your father who's in secret sees you and gives you a reward God's everywhere. He's literally everywhere. Um, And so this is kind of talking about one of those things where like, who you are when no one's watching? Who are you when no one else sees what you're up to? God sees you. He knows what you do when no one else is watching. And so if you're spending time with him when no one else is watching, he will reward that. And he will bless you because of that. And then it says to not pray with empty phrases as the Gentiles do, which I think we all fall into this, especially if we have like common prayers that we say regularly, then it just becomes this monotonous phrase that we don't think about. Um, It's okay to say those common prayers that we say all the time, but you have to be mentally conscious and thinking about what is it that I'm saying? What am I saying to God? And don't try and just, like he said, don't try and say it in so many words because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. He groans out for you. He prays over you. I believe that's in Romans 8, if you ever want to look that up. I think so. It's in, I know it's in Romans. Um, but the, the Spirit groans for you. He prays for you. God knows what you need before you even pray it. That doesn't mean we don't pray. It just means that when we pray, we're not like, praying these really run-on sentences just so that we spend more time and somehow we're going to get a reward from being overly extravagant with our prayers. No, just ask God for what's really on your heart. Tell him what's really going on. He doesn't need all the fluffy. He wants you. Now, I need to address the reward part of this because it talks about the hypocrite is still getting a reward. You, in private, getting a reward This reward is not saying that because I did good enough, God's giving this thing to me. Um, No, even when we pray, he's not always going to say yes. Sometimes he says wait. Sometimes he says no. And so when we pray, we need to be prepared for all three of those answers, but confident that God will answer. And we need to know that what I ask God for He might be like, I hear you, that's not exactly what you really need, and he'll give us something else. Um, And sometimes that means we lose a loved one, or we da-da-da-da, and we question God, and it's okay to question God. Tell him you're questioning him, because he's there, he understands why you're questioning him, and he wants you to still talk to him like he's your best friend. And you might feel like he let you down, and 
he gets it. He sent his son to this earth to walk and feel our pain, to understand the things that we go through. And because of that, we have this tangible, this tangible experience of God who was on earth. He, Jesus had those experiences that means that God understands what we're going through. So tell him, honestly, I'm just, I don't get you right now. I'm doubting you. I'm questioning you. I'm, I don't understand why you let bad things happen to good people. Tell him all of those things. And I promise you in the right time, because he knows that you need to walk through this, this questioning, you need to walk through this thing. He's going to bring the right people in and he's going to um, encourage you in some way. And he isn't going to forsake you. He's there through that whole thing, but there's a reason for it. And sometimes we might not understand it until we get to heaven, but there's a reason for it. So spiritually preparing for your travels, creating a habit ahead of time. And then before you go saying, this is the time that I'm going to allot for myself. Because when you're traveling, sure, sometimes you're going to conferences and things where like there's schedules already made ahead of time. But oftentimes when you're traveling, there isn't a schedule. And so saying, this is important enough to me that I'm allotting this time before I even go and everything else is going to work around it. That's a good and okay thing to do. And if you have a schedule that you're working around, looking at that schedule ahead of time and circling, you know what, I got some free time here and I'm going to spend 15, 30 minutes with God and just thanking him for the amazing blessings of being at this conference or at this meeting or whatever. Those are great things. And recognizing that Maybe your ideal goal is you're spending time in the word every day, which is an amazing thing. And I encourage that for everybody. Everyone should be striving towards that goal. But reality is not every day does that happen. And so sometimes it's just thanking him for things. Sometimes it's setting aside that time to pray, but not beating yourself down about it. But at the same time, striving for better and better each time. And recognizing that God is there and he hears you and he sees what you're doing in private and how you're living when no one's watching. Um, And if you have kids or friends that are with you, they see it too. Um, The fact that you're setting aside this time shows that it's important and that is a witness in a conversation all in itself. And um, just be confident in what you believe in and who, what God is calling you to do. I hope that this has been some good words of wisdom. Next week, we're going to talk about how to entertain yourself and maybe even your kids in your travels because let's face it, for all of us, no matter our age, we reach a point where uh, we start to ask, are we there yet? And we also ask, are we home yet? So in all of that, we're going to be talking about some fun ways to entertain and um, enjoy those traveling moments. Thanks for listening. I would love to hear some of your discussion and feedback on how you prepare spiritually for trips and how you find time to make time for God. So please join our Facebook discussion um, and share some of your insights. And until next time, safe travels and God bless.